I'm going to digress a little bit from the humor material I've been talking to you about. I want to go back to this basic subject that we're always working with, which is the mind and the body, and how the mind may influence processes in the body. And as I look at it, I am reminded, this is not new stuff. People have been talking about this for millennia, not just centuries, millennia. And yet, very few people can reliably find a way to make it work. When it does work, it happens in circumstances where people may not even be forcing it to work. I came across this article in my local newspaper, and I just wanted to share it with you. It's by our local historian. She's quoting from a memoir, Golden Memories of Colorado. And the story is about Bessie. And Bessie and her husband, John, had one child. They lived away from Fort Collins, and the year was the mid-1880s. And she was Bessie, Bessie was used to uh, making it on her own, and because John had to be gone here and there to, you know, to market or whatever. But on this particular day, he was going to go and spend the night and then return. And in mid-morning that day, she was uh, moving some hay. And as she did so, out of nowhere, it seemed, but it was actually hidden in some hay, a good-sized prairie rattlesnake sunk its fangs into her lower leg and got a good dose of venom into her system. Now then, Bessie realized that it's very likely she could die from this and that she would die before her husband returned. So she went about doing some things that uh, were very important as far as it was dealing with her daughter. And so she uh, got to going. She built a fire, showed her daughter how to keep it fire, and how to bake. The sun was hot, already sweltering, but Bessie knew she had to hang on, even despite feeling faint and spots before her eyes. She warned her daughter that Mama would soon be taking a long sleep. But that wasn't what happened. By the time her husband returned from his journey, Bessie had recovered from the snake bite and was tending her home and family as if nothing had happened while he was away. And the historian speculates that maybe the intense heat and exertion were what kept her alive, driving the venom out of her system. Had she merely sat down and waited to die, she almost certainly would have. Instead, her pioneer gumption and love for her child gave her the strength to resist that temptation and carry on, surviving to recount the stories decades later. Now, we don't know for sure how much venom was in the bite, and we, there's so much we can't be aware of. But let's just take it at face value, that being bit out on these eastern plains in Colorado by a good-sized prairie rattler was just about a guarantee that you would die an awful death in about three to 12 hours. And yet this woman did not. If, in fact, she had a lethal dose of venom and did do as well as it says, I consider this to be a case where her mindset was not focused on the dark side of her dying. Her mindset shifted on what do I have to do to take care of my child to make sure even if I pass, my daughter will be okay. And that's, that's where I'm going to leave it here. We don't have a way of saying for sure one way or another, but isn't it an interesting story? 
And isn't it something that when somebody has a overwhelming desire to do something critical at the time, they find a way to do it. And you know you've heard stories like this all the time. And many are corroborated and many are not. But for us, as we explore the mind and see what it is capable of, and if we remember back to my appendicitis, we don't know how it works, but things actually work. I can't tell you how it worked, but I believe that it did. And it's just one more reason for you to be aware of your mind and think seriously of how you can engage it to help you deal with the symptoms of Parkinson's. So that's my message for today. I hope it sinks in and feels good. I'll be back with some humor here real quick.